Leaving my mother's subdivision behind, I make my way down a rural road toward the woods. It's July, and the sun that was orange an hour ago is about to turn into a yellow inferno. Another hour, and everything will cook. About two miles into the run, I realize I haven't stretched nearly enough. I feel a slight stinging behind my left knee, an old injury that has been flaring up lately. When I reach the top of the hill leading into the woods, I stop. Hands on my hips, I attempt to catch my breath. The heat bites into me, and the sun eats my skin and eyes. I ignore the pesky insects swarming around me, barely wipe away the salty beads trickling down my neck. I scan an unfamiliar tree line to my right. Haven't I paid close enough attention? Or have the columns of rain that have swept North Texas for the past few months somehow changed the vegetation? And I long for shade to stretch my leg. Squeezing between the trees, I step into the woods, and the temperature drops twenty degrees. The scorching sun loses its grip, and the air turns dank and muggy. The beauty of the woods takes me by surprise. It's not just a collection of trees, but there are paths leading toward what looks like ancient tree cities. Some are still standing, and others have turned into mere skeletons. The springy ground is an array of leaves and chunks of rotted wood. The dark, wet earth soothes my feet after the unforgiving asphalt. I follow deer tracks, and brambles claw themselves to the mesh fabric of my Reeboks. With my palms, I lean against a gnarly Texas oak, stretching my calves. The bark is sharp, leaving painful imprints on my hands. The burn in my legs ceases as I bend over and pull brambles off my shoes. I catch a glimpse of a crescent indentation in the ground, like a burrow tip of a boot in the soil. Next to it, a speck of red, a shade somewhere between scarlet and crimson. I can't make sense of it, as if my mind is trying to fit a square block into a round hole. I step closer, and my brain catches up. The colorful speck is a fingernail, a half-moon rimmed with dirt, resting among the tree scraps. A pale hand with nails a shade a teenager would wear one with a silly name, like Cajun Shrimp. The hand is motionless, just lies there, bare and helpless, a peculiar intruder disturbing the methodical layers of the forest's skin. I scan the ground. There's a pale silver bauble, a coin maybe, larger than a dime, but smaller than a nickel. The sun hits it just right and throws a sparkle my way. There is a luster to it, radiant and sparkling, illuminated as if it wants to be observed. I believe the hand and the sunlit glint among the browns and greens of the woods to be a figment of my oxygen-deprived runner's brain. I bow down to get a closer look. Eyes peek from within the ground. They are surrounded by a spongy layer of pine needles. Still, the square block doesn't fit into the round hole. Broken and cloudy, the eyes stare beyond the cathedral high pillars. The lids seem to quiver ever so slightly. And then the hand moves. Run.
My body obeys. Ten steps and I lose my footing and stumble, hit the ground, left shoulder first. I roll down a hill and sharp branches nip at my skin. I tumble farther and farther, a steady and painful descent that I'm unable to stop. I come to a halt and I feel a sharp pain hit me right between my eyes. Then my world goes dark. When I come to, everything is quiet but for the thumping sound of my heart. I swallow water. I'm drowning. My head throbs, but I manage to push my body off the ground. I'm in a creek, face down. The vision of the hand has carved itself into my brain. I must be mistaken, I tell myself. I catch my breath and return to the very spot. I kneel down, and a burning sensation moves up my